Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
All right, welcome back to Heavy Metal Mayhem. We start things off tonight. I figure a little SOD. Tay, are you there? Hey, what's going on, bro? What's going on? You know, I figure we do a little SOD tonight because I just saw that uh, Charlie Benante was arrested Friday night, him and his wife, for domestic violence. Get out of here, really? Yeah, yeah uh, somewhere in Elkhart. I, I, I'm assuming that's out in the Midwest. I'm not exactly sure yeah. where Elkhart County is, but uh, they arrested him at the hotel for domestic abuse in front of a child, so... They must have had the kid with them and got into a fight in the hotel during the night. I don't know. Nothing's been uh, said about it yet besides that. Wow. So I don't know. Maybe he woke up having a drink thinking that uh, Neil Turbin was in the room with him and he just slugged his wife thinking it was her. There you go. Maybe. You never can. know. But uh, <laughs> We, we must it? ask Neil. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of. <laughs> Why? Well, always man. like, you always think he was like the cool and the calm kid, you know, out of all of them. Yeah, well, he, he was actually, even when I interviewed him, he was kind of a jerk, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You did tell me that. Yeah, so what can you do? But, I uh, think he's been living out in the Chicago area. Uh, You know, I, I think you're right, because uh, I think when uh, I interviewed him at the time, it was the Chicago area. Yeah, you know, Chicago's a nice area, but the thing is, it's like 100 degrees in the summer, and I'm and then like 50 below <laughs> in the winter. <laughs> I Why know. Why would the fuck? I'd be, mad, I'd be mad to live there. I know. When you come from New York, when you get to, you, you know, you want to go a little further down south, out west. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go to the warmer climate, but yeah. I want to hear more about this story. I don't know what the hell's going on with That's that. That's funny. But I'm sure more will come out. I well, know not it's funny. Stuff. I mean, it's terrible for the kid and all, but, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get more info on that as it comes. That just happened, I think, Friday night, so. Uh, so I guess he was pussy whipped, so. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he heard that song and it's. <laughs> Yeah, he felt he was pussy whipped. So who knows? You know, I gotta load. I gotta load that CD on my computer. It's a good fucking CD. No, it really is. You know, it, it is. That's what that shit day. was great. Yeah. It showed that but, uh, the Anthrax still had some balls. Whatever was left of Anthrax. That's true. Then, yeah. No, SOD kind of came out at the time when uh, the band broke up with Neil Turbin. Right. Uh, they were just getting Joey Belladonna in the band. I guess they were doing it to keep busy. Yeah. Uh, on the side, but um. And then the bass player had already left. No. Yeah, he was gone long before. Uh, yeah, Neil Tur- right. uh Dan Lucas was already gone Look, from the band, right. and, okay. and uh, Frank Bello came in at that point. But uh, yeah, you know, they just like Anthrax one of these bands. I don't know. The people consider them part of the Big Four, which we always talk about. And we don't. They always get this reputation, but yet if you put Anthrax out on uh, out on tour alone, yeah, without any other bands that could like you know actually help draw people in, they right. can't sell out these uh, small arenas after selling out all these larger clubs. Uh, you know. I doubt it. Yeah. That's why they're constantly out with either, you know, like Death Angel and Testament, which are yeah, two other things yeah. that couldn't draw big on their own, but together they can fill a nice size place right. to have a tour. Or they're always out with these newer bands that actually bring in the people, not themselves. Right, right. I don't know. Who knows? But the good news is is that I hear that there's this band called Tempest from Brooklyn that are getting back together or have gotten back together. You know anything <laughs> about this? Um, well... Unfortunately, they're not from Brooklyn anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're all over the place now. Well, they used to be from Brooklyn, you know, and they're still we're still based in Brooklyn, but um, and we haven't actually played in Brooklyn yet. We've yeah. played in Staten Island a few times. We played in Jersey. We played in um, <laughs> Sullivan County. Yeah. What they call it Delaware County, I guess. No, yeah. Sullivan County. But um, yeah, and um. You know, th- thanks for the mention, and uh, it's just a bunch of old friends that got back together and a new friend, and uh, we're just going to give it a go just to get a couple of songs together and possibly re-record, but oh, right now we're just having fun. 
just have fun with it and see what and, happens. And it looked, and it looked like it's Friday night, and it sounded like it's Friday night. Yeah. For guys who haven't really touched on probably a lot of those songs in twenty something years, yeah, it sounded real good. And yeah. even the studio came out and said that. Yeah, even good. like uh, she likes the way um, Jeff was just like, wow, you know, Dom made me uh, an MP3 on my phone. He goes, I listened to it on my phone. So Jeff's yeah. like a, a semi-professional because he's in a band called Cold Fur, C-O-L-D-F-I-R. You can check that. Oh, F-U-R, excuse me. Uh, you can check them out on the internet. It's sort of a uh, grungy metal band, uh, sort of a motorhead meets um, very bluesy, you know, a, a yeah. more bluesy motorhead, okay, with a, a traditional type singer who uh, they happen to be a very good band, and Jeff's having a lot of fun, and... Um, he want you know, and uh, he just had a little break going, you know, which was good, and uh, they're out promoting that that CD, and um, just having fun, you know. And you like you said, you saw that we invited you down because you you know you were the, the core. If it wasn't for you, a lot of our stuff wouldn't got wouldn't have got to the, uh, the the you know the metal press, and um, you had a lot of people come down, a lot of friends of yours. And we got our own a little fan base because of you, because of my uh, catching uh, You guys would have got it on your own anyway. Uh, it would have took a little longer, I think. That's all right. You know what? When you do record these songs, you definitely have to shop them out because I got a feeling any one of these labels that are out there today would pick up that and put it out because that's be, what they're doing. It would be cool to you know just have it in a nostalgic you know CD, you know. Don't worry. And about on it. vinyl, and on vinyl, you know that'd be great. You know. When you're ready, I'll give you all the numbers. Don't worry Thank about you, it, buddy. buddy. I appreciate that. And you just send it out. I'm sure it'll work. Because I was listening. To, I, after I got home that night, I started uh-huh. uh, transferring all the old demos and the and the, and the cassette that we had from years ago. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, I, said, I forgot how freaking good these some of these songs were. Because some of them just yeah. they just pass you by. You forgot about a lot yeah. of them. Like, yeah. Like, and, and just like last that night, um, we're sitting around. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to hear this. But we were sitting around at uh, Anthony Galati's house. He's the the new singer, the new bel- uh, singer who belt out our tunes for us, so we can concentrate on the guitar. God knows I need to. You did a good uh, job, though. <laughs> we're at his house. We're checking out the videos that were shot on an iPad, and I'm not much for all that newfangled crap, but the iPad three, and he did a fantastic job. Yeah. And um, we were transferring it to YouTube. And uh, after we were waiting for, like for one to uh, load, we went into the YouTube channel and uh, Dio Priest, Alex's channel, yeah. had some of our old songs and some songs he's never heard. And when he heard Spectrum's Light, he was like, I have to do that. I have to do that song. It's great. Yeah. And he only heard it like that one time and he's over there humming it it's like the, the kid is like addicted to our stuff which is great he probably never heard the song because it was one of the oldest songs you sure, know, one yeah. of the earlier songs you know that we wrote you know before we broke up I should say the later songs the later you know before we broke up and it had that real had a little Celtic Frost in there a little uh, Metallica you know but it had my, you know Dom's vocals which you know made it Tempest you know it wasn't quite you know we didn't try to jump on a bandwagon. We tried to take what was popular and what we were listening to, what turned us on, and do something with it, you know? And when I come up with some of the, you know, I came up with a riff, and Jeff came up with a riff, people were like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, you ever hear a band called well, Celtic, Celtic, we, we called it Celtic Frost back then. Yeah. Everybody's just like, no, I never heard of them. I said, you'd like them, and, you know, if you like this riff, you'll like them. Oh, yeah. But, you know, 
and you got you know some of your friends in your band like not into the same metal as you and not into the same music as you, and that's what made Tempest we think uh, a bit of a a, a bit of a, a unique band at the time. But uh, you know things happen, people go different ways, but uh, all the re- roads are leading together. Yeah, again, they'll lead back home, nice, which is nice. Well, you know, when I listen home, to the, that's great. That, that's yeah, cool. When I listen to the old songs, I hear like that early Kiss influence in the band. Yeah, right. And, and, and then like and when you start listening to the songs as they went on over the edge, you could just see the whole metal scene yeah. and everything that was going on from every yeah. genre uh-huh. being encompassed in your music from Manowar, like you said, the Celtic Frost, yeah, the Metallica. Yeah, definitely Manowar, definitely. But yet it always had that tempest. Tempest you guys had such flat, a, yeah. You yeah. guys had such an original sound because of your guitar playing. And yeah. and that kind of like blinded everything together. Yeah, yeah. And it was just incredible. So it was so good to see you guys playing again. And you guys, I tell you, when I walked in, I looked at you. I just like flashed back to Lamar's yeah. 1985. I, I know, right? I, I was know. like, holy shit, man! It doesn't look any Dominic with the bandana on his head again. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, amazing, right? I was like, holy shit, man! It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. Yeah, of fun. it looked great and it sounded great. Well. Since we're talking about it so much, how about we get on a song and let people hear a little bit of Tempest? Oh, you're the best, Mikey. All right. Well, just, everybody, these these tapes were ripped from my cassette, so if they don't sound great, I apologize, but I played them 50,000 times over 25 years, but hopefully time to get these songs re-recorded and up to us, and uh, I can't wait if that happens, man. Thank you, buddy. All right, here you go. Sit back. Thunder, black in the sky, to the west of demons. 
Ah, there's Tempest and Tempest. So there you go. Yeah, so that that song was a little bit of, a little bit of Motorhead and a little bit of Kiss, and and, yeah. and later on, I think the song was written before. Not sure. I'll have to check on it. There's a song on the Headhunter, Crocus Headhunter. Yeah. Which has that same progression, D D to B. But the song was pretty much a rip, uh, you know, not a rip, but the op- opening riff is sort of a rip uh, off a song on uh, Kiss the Elder. Ah, I never noticed that. I forgot the tune. Um, but then again, nobody ever heard Kiss the Elder. So yeah, not many people did. Just, just hardcore Kiss fans. So we figured, you know, let's rip this song. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't a conscious rip. When I say rip, you know, nothing was actually conscious. It's just, you know... Wow, check that out! You know, it kind of reminds me of this song off of the Elder, and nobody yeah. else heard it, but I knew because that's where I kind of got it from. You know, it after happens. I listen to it, it happens. I mean, I just not just going to be totally original. It's going to happen. People are going to rehash riffs. I just did the show last week, the song versus song. Where I played there you two go. songs. There you go. Perfect example, right? And I said, you know, nobody like does it intentionally because. Yeah. I mean, I I played bass and I was writing music for my band. I sucked it. I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then. Yeah, but you had some nice riffs. What are you kidding me? And you play stuff like, wow, that sounds great. And you think yeah. it's like the greatest thing you ever wrote. Yeah. And like a week, your friend comes and says, oh, that sounds like, uh, you know, Judas Priest. So it sounds like, I'm like, yeah. I never realized. It's just these no, songs you that did, you, your brain. You didn't do it, you know, you did it, you didn't do it intentionally. It just came to you and it went, and it felt right. And some songs we wrote and you would say, wow, you know, that sounds too much like that. You know, like if you can, if everybody recognizes it right away when you first come up with the riff, yeah. then it gets thrown away. But if nobody notices it and you don't know even know you're doing it until the song is written, it's sure. like you know, hey, I'll put somebody else's name on it if I have to get it. You know, if I have to go to court and you know, you which go. we knew it was never going to be that famous. God knows, you know. Yeah. So, but it, it happens because you just got these songs in your head, sure. and you sit down, you're writing, you, you, you play maybe one or two notes, like, oh, that sounds good together. Yeah. And I think just subconsciously, you know, whatever that you you heard that from before, yeah. you just kind of follow through with it. You're like, well, look how easy this is coming together. You don't realize yeah. somebody wrote it 20 years before you, but yeah. that is what it's about. And, uh, <laughs> you know, last week I did it was uh, Wasp uh, with mm-hmm. Shadow Man. I think it was right. Dying for the World. And it's, I mean, literally, it's no for note. Like, it's a no for no. God of Thunder. God, God of Thunder, yeah, I know that tune, yeah. Yeah, it goes off in a different direction as the song's, you know, progresses. Yeah, that as it goes. Yeah. You're like, wow. And then um, another one that caught me by surprise that I didn't realize was uh, Saxon, Strong Arm of the War. Uh-huh. It was pretty much no for note. Uh, Sweet Savage they had a song called The Raid. Wow. And they both, I mean, Saxon were around years before. Uh, a few Sweet years Savage. before, but they probably played the same... You know, festival scenes and con and concerts. Maybe Sweet Savage opened. Sweet Savage formed only a few months before Saxon had that strong arm record out. Oh, okay. So, but both songs came out the same exact time. Yeah. So that one was like left it up to people. Say, hey, you know, I don't know who wrote yeah. it first. You no. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What came first, the chicken or the chicken egg? Chicken or the egg? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, know what you mean. I know what you mean. It happens. Yeah. That's yeah, weird. That, that's yeah. weird. But I got probably twenty-five more shows like that to do, so it'll keep me. Keep the metal matinee going a little, a little longer. Yeah, I mean, if you ever run out of an idea, you can always clutch for that one of those. Hell yeah! You got that many tunes. That's cool. Getting harder. I know there's a guy on YouTube that does it, but it's like sometimes he compares like Bon Jovi and like you know Judas Priest, and it's like what you think freaking you know the guys in Bon Jovi will listen to Priest? I doubt it. Like but, you said, just unconscious, and you come up with something. There's only yeah. something ripped out there, you know. Oh come on! I mean, look at listen to the whole. I mean, listen to the whole first Led Zeppelin album. I mean, it's all, 
it's all blues ripoffs, you know. Yeah. And they admit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you know, you got to have a springboard, so to speak, and and it's an homage, you know. I mean, those are all the bands that we love and and we die for. You know, we used to go to concerts, we used to sure. get you know get online for the scalper, so we can get a better seat, you know. <clears throat> and we don't, Definitely. you know, we go online and you know buy five, uh, six, uh, six tickets at a time for him. And then we're able to pick one, you know. Yeah. If you were lucky, you know. That's we were just so talking true. about this, the whole scalping scene that used to happen years ago. Now they can just do it on computer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's companies that are set up for it now, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Look at the Weird. Stub, uh, stub, stub and all those. Them, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, Make billions ones. of dollars. I hear that. Billions of dollars, whatever. Adios, mios. But speaking you know, I, of I, billions I, of dollars, uh, <laughs> hello, Mr. Kevin Burke. I know you're listening, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back to work right now, so that's yeah. that's, that's but, true. Um, we we get a full paycheck now, starting Monday. Yeah, I know. Last week I said we weren't gonna have any guests today. We're just gonna play music. Oh, that's fine. Right. Uh, he had an interview set up for me during a week with a band called Striker. They're a young band out of uh, Canada. Cool, which is that's a Tempest Edmonton. song, so they stole it from us. Not that's Mike right. Mike yeah, but they're a real young band. But I mean, these guys are really cranking out classic, you know, uh, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can only do it during the week, and it was late one night. So I spoke to the singer Dan Clary for about ten minutes. Yeah, I'm tired. I didn't really know much about the band, but I am a big fan now because they just got a great sound. These guys. So cool. it's kind of a generic interview, just basically a little bit about the band. Yeah, but I think you know what? We'll support. get that on maybe in a, in a little while, mm-hmm. and we'll play that somewhere in the middle of the show when we're okay. done bullshitting. Because we got I have so many guests lined up for August, T. Wow. And but nobody's confirmed yet their exact date and time. Everybody oh. keeps changing it on me and switching it. Yeah. So coming up in August, we got Kurt Vanderhoof of Metal Church coming wow, on. Wow, cool that. we got Michael Lando from Adrenaline Mob. All right. Uh, we have Mike Yusuf from Primeval, great band that's been around for a long time. They just put a new record out. I think Mike is actually going to be in next week. He's got to get back to me uh, on the date. we got all the guys from Heretic <laughs> got back together after 20-something years. I believe Kevin Gucci from Phantom, uh, Phantom X is coming back on. Mm-hmm. And I know I have one or two other guests I just... Wait and hear from them until uh, I get the exact confirmation, but we're pretty busy for August. Excellent. Yeah, that's what I say. How about we do some music? Sounds good, man. You want to go soft? You want to go in the middle? You want to go hard? What do you want to do? We'll do two songs back to back. Uh, Let's take a soft one to a middle of the road one. All right. How about we do some wine tea? Okay. Go back to the second animal. Uh, a second animal. A <laughs> second album. Here's a so-called Animal Woman. All right.
Couple of years. I played Thrash in a little while, so I figured out some back to back tea. Cool. Yeah, that was No Morals. Uh, like I said, the band's Numbskull, they were out of Chicago back in the 80s. They were around for quite a few years. I think they broke up in the late 90s, uh, and that was it for them. That comes off the ritually abused record from back in 1988. And before that, we had Germany's Sweet Cheetah. Kind of got the name from Rat, but sounds nothing like him at all. That was Gates of Insanity. It kind of reminded me a little bit, I mean, not vocal wise, but of Merciful Fate the music, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. I just kept getting that uh, that vibe, like with some of the keyboard parts, like in the song, that really like you know, organ type sounding shit. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about today. That makes sense. That's why I didn't want to have no guests on today. I figured we're so burnt out with just <laughs> bullshit and play music today. Yeah, let me tell you, I was burnt out all day yesterday from everything. You know, going back to work and then. Uh, yeah. One day you're picking it with a pair of shorts on and a cold soda. The next day you're out working again. Then you're rehearsing. Amazing, right? It's what a week this was. What a roller coaster ride this week was. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. and you didn't know until like Thursday, like three thirty, four o'clock. You know, well, that is Con Edison. The, yeah. the lockout is over at two fifty eight. Report to your shift at three o'clock. Yeah, well, we get, yeah we got locked out <laughs> in like a half. What? We got locked out in uh, <laughs> one hundred twenty minutes. They were, they were negotiating for four hours. It only took like fifteen minutes to lock us out. I know. I know. We're back now, so I'm glad Stop building up that savings account again and getting the family on a damn vacation. I hear you, man. That's what we need. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, I went to the movies to go see that movie, The Watch, with Ben Stiller. Okay. Yeah, now I know I never paid to see a Ben Stiller movie before. It's terrible. Wow. The coming really? attractions look great. I mean, I give credit to the editors that put together these, like, two-minute trailers because they, they take literally take all the best parts and oh, yeah. Yeah, jam yeah. them in there. But it was just like you dragged on. I mean, there were a couple of parts you laughed your ass off at, but... Not enough to sit there for like 90 minutes and uh, and, and get through. You know, it wasn't worth it. Mm. Try to see the the Batman movie, but it was sold out again like every show. Yeah. So, you know, usually for the second weekend, it's a little easy to, you know, to get in and have to rush. And uh, we go out to, uh, we got, you got to come with us one time. We go out to New Jersey to uh, the AMC Dining Theater. It's in Menlo Park in New Jersey. Yeah. They got a couple out there. I, th- I think this would be like the closest one for us to get to. Mm-hmm. 
at a time, it's like a luxury movie theater. Wow. I mean, uh, it, it's called the Cinema Suites, the theater, right? Mm-hmm. And there's maybe 40 to 50 seats in the whole theater. Full-size theater, you know, regular big screen theater. Maybe 50 chairs at the most. Each chair is like a double recliner. It looks like a, each chair looks like a mini, like, love seat for a living room set. Yeah. Made out of leather. Reclines all the way back. Reclines nice. forward. Very small theater. It's it's absolutely amazing. And they serve you food. They give you a menu, and they come around. They serve you food, drinks, alcohol, beer. You name it. When when you leave, they wait at the door with a tray, and they give you Ghirardelli chocolate. They wow. come around with hot towels for you to wash your hands and face with. Ah. It's incredible. And you sit there. You know, it's it's like a basic menu. Hamburgers. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, they have some, like, they have steak, and they have uh, pasta, but it's not like a real restaurant. You know, it's, it's like you went to Applebee's or something like that, like, along that line of food. Sure, sure. But you can't be, because it's such a small theater, it's quiet. And if you go before 12 in the afternoon, it's 9 o'clock for a ticket. After 12 o'clock, it's $12, $12 for a ticket. Mm. Uh, we we don't go anywhere else anymore. We put the chair all the way back. It's like a bed. We just sit next to each other, and we and, and like we, you know, my wife takes a blanket with her. You just relax. Yeah, because the air a, is probably too cold for the girl. Yeah, but it's so comfortable in there. To be able to put your feet up to go all the way back and watch a movie with like only 48 people, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And the price, it's, they charge you the same price at night for a full-time ticket, you know, in any other theater for the day. Yeah. Incredible. And, and they have another theater called the Fork and Spoon, which is a few more seats in there, and the seats are still better than what you get in a regular theater. Uh-huh. But it's not, it's not, like, it's not like the luxury theater, and they charge you $6 for a ticket. I mean, it's incredible. You can't beat it. Oh, that's great. I shouldn't let the cat out of the bay because that would be too crowded. And everybody reserves their seats before the movie. You don't just walk in. You go online, you reserve a seat. So you pick where you want to sit, and that's where you sit. That's amazing. Yeah, incredible. Next time you're out, you're going to do it. Next time we're going to go see a good, you know, good new movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, next time something comes out, you let me know. We'll go out there in the afternoon. We'll catch a flick, get something to eat, have a couple of drinks. Uh. You can't beat it at all, man. <laughs> All right, well, we got Mr. Kent Pierce who's going to be calling in a little while with his weekly concert calendar update, and I'm dying to find out what is going on in the Tri-State area this week because uh, I'm looking to get out of the house one night, so we'll find out what's happening. But let's do one or two more songs before Kenny calls in because uh, I think i got to go tinkle, so let's get something long on. Yeah. Even though it's a short trip down the pipe for me, we'll just set it a little longer and uh, I don't have to rush back. So let me see. Uh, what do you want to hear? I have, uh, let me see what i got lined up that's pretty lengthy. I have Accept. And I have Black Sabbath. And I have the Metal Matinee uh, uh, Demolition segment. Maybe we could do it a little later. I mean, come on. Let's hear, Let's hear Black Sabbath. I mean, All right. Cool. You got, no? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I picked something off the Born Again record. Okay. So it's Black Sabbath, but it's Black Sabbath Plus, I guess. You get a little Ian Gillen in there, too. Okay. Only because it's about seven minutes long and uh, <laughs> I can't get going. So we'll do a little Zero to Hero. Okay, cool.
right, that was Kraken with Kill the King that comes off the band's demo tape, I believe from back in 1984, maybe 85. Great Canadian band, the Second America, those guys just up there above us. Good band, T. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, before that, I know this is going to sound crazy, but like Born Again is like one of my favorite Black Sabbath records. Don't ask me why. There's just something about the album. I, I always felt that if it didn't come out under the Sabbath name, it would have been so much more. But, I mean, the album was like the, one of the biggest records ever in the U.K. And, and it hit the Billboard Top 40 over here, which was pretty rare for metal back in 80... I think they came out in 83? That album? Somewhere around 83, I think. So, wow. Wow. I don't know. It's just something about Gillen on vocals. And I just really dug that record. I don't know why. It, it had its um, charm, if that's the right word. It it's a kind charm. way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, it had its charm. It was good. I... Yeah, you know, it was good. I mean, I mean, how could you go wrong with Ian Gillen singing? You know what I mean? Oh, so, I, know. I mean, I was a big fan of the band Gillen. Obviously, I was a big fan of Deep Purple. So, I mean, but it just didn't click for you to put them together. Yeah, with Iommi. I mean, you know, the production was like kind of yeah. It was shitty. You know? It was bad. It, it was, was bad. shit production. But yeah. had they had a uh, Martin Birchbine, you know, or somebody like that, I bet you. He wouldn't have let them do such a... Crappy job. <laughs> yeah, crappy job. I mean, yeah. Some of the performance is kind of dreary. I mean, yeah. it could have been a little more upbeat, and I think maybe it would have hit a little hard. You know, something like a Gillen record. I know, I know exactly. I felt the same, but the album just like, grew on me. I, yeah, I, like I, glory. I mean, you know, it had it, it had its moments, you know. Zero the Hero is an amazing tune. And even live, they, they, they were able to, to play it live. I saw them live with... Uh, with Gillen, it was, it was pretty interesting, and Gillen was doing, <laughs> Gillen was doing the old Sabbath stuff, he was doing the Dio Sabbath, and he was doing this, Yeah. and then they yeah. even did uh, Smoke on the Water, I believe, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't, you know, I didn't go for that with, the, with that, I know what you're saying, but I couldn't go for that, but it's just, I mean, you know, people had a hard time when Ozzy left the band, and they were going to bring in Dio, but I, you know, I knew of all the old Sabbath stuff with Ozzy. I was too young to really be like know what was going on, who they were. I was like ten, eleven years old, like when they were at the height, yeah. you know. But I heard that through my cousins who lived in the same house and we played it all the time. So I knew it was Black Sabbath, but you know, I didn't follow along to who was in the band. I just knew it was a band called Black Sabbath. Right. I actually got into it when Dio joined the band. I was twelve years old and I started getting into music on my own. That's where I started going to record stores and and, and learning about the groups and everything. And so Dio was kind of my first intro to Sabbath. And then I picked up on like, well, I, because I went there, I remember getting heavy, and I'm like, this doesn't sound like the guy who was singing on the records my cousins were playing. Then, you know, uh, we found out he was a new yeah. guy in the band. You know, yeah, that's yeah. how you learned back then. You went to the record stores, you met people, the clerks would tell you what was, you know, what was relevant to music. Right. right. And you pick up on stuff like that after a while, you know, but I just love that record. And I don't know if you, the song Digital Bitch on that record was written about Sharon Osbourne. Was it? Yeah, it was written about Sharon Osbourne. Ian Gillen and uh, I guess Tony Iommi <laughs> sat down. They wrote that about Sharon Osbourne. And, uh, uh, I remember in an interview, and uh, you can probably find it online. Uh, Gillen said that uh, the song is um, the song is not about computers as much as it is about uh, a woman and her father. You know, like who won't, Don Arden was uh, the manager. Yeah, Don Arden yeah. was the manager. Yeah, it was written right. about Sharon Osbourne at the time. So oh, great song, good lyrics, <laughs> kind of very apropos. Definitely. All right, well, you know what? We're going to get that interview with Dan Clear striking on a little bit, but right now we have to introduce our man on the streets, uh, Mr. Ken Pierce of PierceofMetal.com. Kenny is the face of heavy metal in New York City, Tommy. Did you know that? I know that. When Kenny walks down the street, panhandlers give him money. 
So right now for PearsonRail.com, Mr. Kenny Pierce. Kenny, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. I like you. You know, you know, walking to a show the other day, I I uh, I did uh, did have uh, I found a penny and it was shiny and I grabbed it and it was a great show and I found I said that that was the only reason the show was good. It was a good luck omen. Because you found the penny. Because I found the penny. That's because you're Ken Pierce. <laughs> you're the only man. So wait, so, so you you're know, the only wait. man whose passport requires no photo. <laughs> you guys are you guys are having a blast over there. It's like listening to two old wives talk all day. Yeah, yeah. well, you know that's what I, we do. You know, and, and wives. Listen, before 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 we get into the fun, I want to congratulate you, Mike, on the Olympic gold winning for oh. uh, Olympic uh, broadcast and Thanks. couch surfing. I, ah. Very nice. Very, very proud of you, sir. Thank you. I very appreciate you. that. This, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was not a televised event. You had to, uh, you had to request it on pay-per-view for twenty dollars, and uh, that's the only way you could see Mikey win the big gold. So, twenty dollars well spent. <laughs> it, it was. It was. So now you said you're looking for stuff to do, and what? A, you know, this is a yeah. weird week. Uh, this is a weird week out here in our fair. Metal Metropolis. Not a lot going on this week, but let me let me get down to some nitty gritty. Uh, Tuesday nights we have the band Our Lady Peace, which is kind of like an alt rock. Uh, they're apparently back and doing a show over at uh, Irving Plaza that evening. An interesting show uh, struck my my uh, database here, and that is the fact that the Dead Kennedys are playing over at Santos Party House. I had no idea that they were uh, still in action or back in action. I, I yeah. don't wow. really think Jello Biafra is a part of this anymore. But uh, because but you know Santos is is rather small, if it's a couple of hundred people, and I think if it was a proper uh, show with uh, with that guy singing, it would be a little bigger, right? I think so. Jealous you got, a, you got uh, The Flesh Alive is the new release by Gojira, coming care of Roadrunner Records, and that should be an interesting uh, album because that band is an absolutely smoldering outfit live. Definitely want to check them uh, check them out if you have not done so already. And this, this next release that I'm going to speak of real quick is... Uh, a little different from the metal side, but definitely, definitely some really uh, influential and, um, you know, just just really, really cool shit. Uh, for the first time in many, many years, the music of the late, great Frank Zappa is back safely in the hands of the Zappa Family Trust. As you all know, we lost Frank uh, about 18 years ago to um, prostate cancer. So now, uh, you know, this this group had this batch of records. This batch, this group had the other batch. All of the records are now back in Zappa's family trust control, and they have um, they have set up a deal with Universal Music, and the entire catalog is going to be released on uh, remastered CD or reissued CD over the coming months. And the first 12 of these 60 albums will come out on. Tuesday, and I'm not going to read all 12 of them, but it's, it's albums like Freak Out, Absolutely Free, We're Only In It For The Money, um, Fillmore East, so really good stuff, and you know, I don't have to tell you that uh, if you play guitar and, and, and you know, know your stuff, you know that Zappa was an amazing guitar player and just uh, showed you how much he could push uh, 
the envelope with with uh, professional music uh, when you wanted to. Let's go over to, let's see where we got. Uh, Wednesday starts the beginning of the month. Holy crap, we have, we have blown through another month. We are that close, that much closer to 2013, if you can believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> lost my breath there. High on Fire was supposed to play over at the Bowery Ballroom and the following day over at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. But unfortunately, uh, the lead singer has, uh, well, not unfortunately, fortunately he has checked himself into rehab because he was apparently just really drinking far too much. And it's been uh, very publicized that he uh, he's taking his battle to some recovery and uh, all of their shows are canceled. So uh, if you wanted to see High on Fire ever at uh, Bowery Ballroom or the Music Hall of Williamsburg, those shows are canceled, and you should try to get your money back or exchange them for tickets for something else. Uh, Thursday, uh, Toadies and Helmet will play at Webster Hall. That's an interesting pairing. And speaking of interesting pairing, the voices of Styx and Foreigner, well, that is the original voices of Styx and Foreigner, We'll both play at MCU Park as Dennis DeYoung and Lou Graham will share the same stage doing a set of material apiece. This is a free show out in Coney Island. Uh, MCO Park is where the where the Cyclones play. I'm mm-hmm. sure you know about that place, and uh, that's going to be an interesting show. So I, These shows used to be in Asser Levy Park, which is a few blocks past the aquarium, but I guess they moved for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so the residential yeah. complaining. Okay, it's, all right, that happens. So, um, so now they're in this like uh, I guess like a parking area of uh, MCU Park. I have not been over there yet, but uh, that's what's going on. Uh, nothing on Friday to my knowledge, unless I have missed something. And over on Saturday, we have System of a Down is back touring again, and they will be headlining the PNC Bank Art Center in Holmdale, New Jersey, with the Deftones as direct support. Also, The Sleeping is over at the Gramercy Theater, and these are a Long Island-based kind of core band. And, as always, each Saturday in the summer will be Rubik's Cube, the ultimate 80s tribute band, over at the Canal Room. So, that's pretty much all i got for you, Mike. So, if you have a little bit of a menu... Yeah, it sounds like a mixed bag of nuts this week, a little bit of uh, something for everybody out there. Well, you know, and also I, I do want to make mention, uh, I, I posted a little brief about this. Uh, the you know it, the, the word has come down that the Lamb of God, Death Clock, and Gojira Tour is canceled because yeah. uh, Randy Blythe remains in a uh, Czech Republic prison still, and uh, they have no idea what's going on as far as getting him out. And uh, But uh, they're just not having any luck, and... Uh, you know, that's just an unfortunate situation all around. So, yeah, that'll have to get straightened out eventually. So, uh, hopefully, it will work out well and quickly, and uh, get moving on. Well, and that's shame. it. So, shame. huh, Tom? That's a shame, you know, because uh, and the media's not even touching it because uh, it's true. Just a fucking metal band, so they don't. Think yeah, they don't care. That's what I was. That's yeah. what I was telling Mike the other day. You know. Yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily have to like Lamb of God at all. Yeah, to uh, appreciate it. But the the idea is, uh, okay, they said that they say the kid got killed from the actions uh, based on him, and there's, there's footage that does not show him throwing a kid. They show a security throwing the kid into the crowd. If that's even the same 
uh, footage. And the bottom line is no yeah, formal right. tra- no formal charges. An American citizen in a foreign jail. None of us want to be on that on that side of the fence. So, so you know, so that's unfortunate because, as you know, when a band tours, there's a ton of people that are out of work now uh, because of this too. And I know it sounds horrible to say it like that because a kid did lose his life. But you know, these are this is a professional outfit. This guy wasn't going to flee. Uh, you know, he wasn't going to appear in New Delhi now. You know, because of uh, to hide. You know, this is a this is a regular Joe. Uh, like you and I, he's just in a metal band that's touring, and uh, and this is one of the sad things that happened. Uh, but uh, you know, some fans are saying, uh, you know, protest the embassies uh, for for this country, and I agree that that's a good idea. You know, because you know, just like you guys had to do, you picketed uh, the man when there was a problem, and that's right. I think uh, I think metal fans uh, in various big. Uh, big states that would have an embassy for the country should be in front of that embassy screaming and yelling and uh, putting up a sign. Not violent, of course, but just making their presence known so national national and local news picks up the story, let's say. Or if you see uh, – uh, here's, here's, a, here's a weird analogy. Like, let's say you see Wonder Bread uh, delivering to the, the said embassy. Well, write to Wonder Bread and say, we're not buying Wonder Bread because yeah. – you guys are delivering to this embassy that's not taking care of one of our citizens, so to hell with you. You know, stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, it's it's an ugly situation. You know, he's... Uh, and why isn't our embassy doing anything about it either? I, I have no idea. An American I, citizen pays his taxes. Well, it, just, it, just makes, it just makes you scared, you know? And uh, somebody, somebody had posted a comment that... Uh, they don't think any metal bands should tour the Czech Republic ever again, and that's not going to happen either because you know these guys need to eat. You know you can't you can't uh, you can't not go to a whole country. You yeah. know, but uh, it's an ugly situation, and in, in, uh, it's it still unravels. And like I said, you don't have to be in a. Well, a I'll big... tell you one thing. If I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, if I had mm-hmm. to play, I would tell them I want a chain link fence up so nobody comes on stage because I don't want to be liable for anybody falling off the stage. You know, and blaming me for it. You know, uh, they'd ba- they'd find a way to figure out that the kid bounced off the bounced off the chain link fence and hit the drum rider. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> you'd have that. And this kid so, jumped on stage. I heard three times. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like I say, it's unfortunate. Time. It's unfortunate. This, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, the whole he's thing. one of ours. He's one of ours. But the family, I don't know, if it's the family or the government is a, you know, it's a, making this kid a scapegoat, Randy. Well, they're all saying that. They're all saying that, you know, and that's, you know, we could talk about this at, at length, and I, I don't want to take too much of Mike's show. But like, like I say, that's the, uh, that was the latest news, and it just stems And trust from, me, if Mike didn't want to hear it, he would, sh- he would shut the fuck up. He went to the bathroom again. Oh, see? So yeah, I'm right here. Let you guys get out of your system, you know. I, I, do, I, I do like that the metal community is, is, uh, is, is, is jumping to the fore, but... You know, somebody tell me, guys, if I'm wrong here. They said there was like the, they got forty thousand, forty thousand signatures or something, and they sent it to the White House. And now the White House, I don't think the White House is going to pay attention to anything like this because this isn't Justin Bieber, this isn't Gaga, uh, this is not stuff that these guys care about. And you know, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm, true. No, you're true. I, I don't even care. I'm sitting here listening to you, and I, I think this is all too much work for me to protest Wonder Bread and. 
I'm not protesting once a <laughs> Well, you should. You need to a little bit. <laughs> I sit here, sitting here in an easy chair watching a Ben Stiller movie, and I wonder, no wonder you fell asleep during Avengers. You're sitting in an easy chair with a piece of steak I in know. front of you. Avengers, I was just tired, but because uh, that was a much better movie, I just was tired for that one. But uh, I'll catch it again, on, you know, when it comes on our papers. Now, now I don't recommend you see that Batman movie in that theater. This Batman's almost three hours long. Yeah, it is a long movie, but I heard it was pretty good. You saw it. It's very good, yes. yes. It's well worth checking out. But the tickets were sold out again two weeks in a row. So I, Because I, you're going to a theater with 25 seats in it. I know, and it's on a weekend, but that's the only time we can go, you know? Well, don't worry. You just ruined that theater's uh, uh, cachet. There's going to be a billion people in there. You're going to hear the guy say, oh, Mike, I, I it's a fantastic we have so many customers. <laughs> Thank God, only four people listen to the show. It's reading them on air right now, so it isn't too bad. <laughs> All right, so let me let you guys get back to the main event. As always, listeners, you can follow Piercing Metal on Facebook by giving us a good old like on our fan page and following us on Twitter to see what is going on. I'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers. All right, Kenny. Thank you, buddy. You know, TK may not be able to walk on water, but he never slips on ice. Kenny? Kenny's gone. He won't slip on ice? I don't get it. I said he can't walk on water, but he'll never slip on ice. Okay. It doesn't make any sense, but it's from a commercial. If you heard the commercial, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, okay. It's from those those, uh, Doseki commercials I've seen, the most interesting man in the world. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. You got to listen to some of the lines they write a lot. Sometimes they don't make sense when you think about them later on. They they make you laugh. He's the only person who Sasquatch has a picture of. You know, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> some that are like really like off the wall. Like lately, they're getting okay. funnier and funnier. You know, so yeah, yeah, I can yeah. try to remember them, but yeah, they're too much. They're That's too a much. Good one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let me see. We got to get this interview with, I did with Dan Clear. It's only about 10, 12 minutes long, so we'll play that. Do you want to play uh, one more song and then go into the interview, or do you want to just go right into it? What do you feel like doing? That's up to you. I mean, we just maybe one more song. All right, you want to play a striker song? Yeah, we'll start. We'll play one of the songs, then we'll go yeah, right into that's, that's the great idea, yeah. Uh, I think these guys are great, man. They really, they've got that sound, man, from the 80s. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of Priest in their music. I think they're a killer group. They're young. Bring a new record out of Napalm called Arm to the Teeth. Check it out. Go pick it up for a few bucks. Don't download it. You can probably find it anywhere, but you know, spend a couple of bucks. Put your allowance towards the kids. Go buy this album. Here's a song called Let It Burn. There's a video out for it right now, too, and it's pretty funny. And then we'll go right to the interview with Dan Clary. So sit back and relax for about 10, 15 minutes.
Hey, Dan, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Hey, this is Mike. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. All right. It's, it's, it's late over here in New York. I was about ready for bed, but, uh, you know, you guys are on a different time schedule than me, I guess, over there. Yeah, yeah. I think we're about two hours behind, three hours behind. Not sure. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But, hey. <laughs> It's a pleasure to have you on today. I've been listening to you guys since the Eyes in the Night record two years back, and uh, I'm glad the city came out with something brand new. On to the teeth. You're on you're on uh, Napalm Records this time with the new record. How did this all come about? Um, well, we uh, we recorded the album uh, last October in 2011, and um, we kind of just decided to record it first because we had been talking to a few different labels, and uh, we weren't sure what we were going to do. We we were even thinking maybe we should just release it ourselves. So we decided to go to the studio and recorded it. And then uh, a friend of ours uh, that we met in Europe, uh, his name is Bart Gabriel, he uh, got some promo copies that we sent out, and he kind of distributed them to a couple different labels that he had connections with. And uh, Napalm contacted us shortly after, and then that's, much how it happened. Well, that's a good deal. I mean, you definitely, you know, you moved it up a step from the last label. Napalm's a much labor record label. You get a lot more support out of them. But I guess, like you said, you guys kind of uh, do it to do it yourself, right? Where you invested your own time and money into recording it. And I, I guess it's got to be a, a kind of pricey and expensive for a bunch of young guys trying to put their albums out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely, it's definitely not cheap, but uh, it's, what we wanted to do and we were just like, you know, fuck it, let's make it happen. And you did that. And the one thing I admire about the band is that, you know, you, you, you play that classic eighties metal sound, but yet you're a very modern band. You don't just, you know, trudge on the past and we, you guys create a whole new sound. And, uh, you know, what influences you from the, like the original style of the eighties and today, where do you find yourself like in the middle of it? Um, I'm not sure exactly. I think that we we just have there's so many influences we have, like from you know like hair metal type stuff all the way to thrash and speed metal. That we everything is kind of just smashed together, and we're really not like when we write, we're really not trying to go for one certain sound. Like we're not like going to be like oh we're going to just be like Iron Maiden and do that style. Um, we kind of just write whatever we feel like, and uh, that's pretty much, I think that's how we get that sound. That's great. I know, you know, you guys have some really good lyrics. I mean, I, I laugh. Some of the stuff is real funny. You guys don't take yourself too seriously. You know, you just, it shows that you're out to have a good time, and you're enjoying what you're doing and playing it. Uh, how is it in the scene today? Because Canada had a pretty active scene back in the day between Anvil and Exciter and, and all those bands. Uh, the area that you're in, is is it enough there to sustain you so you can get, you know, branch out or hit the road and get out on tour? Uh, yeah, we're, Edmonton's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, we're pretty far north from everything else. I mean, most cities in Canada are right on, sort of right on the, uh, the border with, uh, the states. But, um, there's a, there's a, a good enough music scene here, just in general, in Edmonton that uh, we were always able to play shows and stuff when we first started and um, get the word out that way. And then we did do some cross Canadian tours, but 
I mean, it's like 16,000 kilometers across wow. Canada to play like 20 shows. So it's a bit of a trek. Yeah, it's a big place to get around it, without a doubt. So that's that's that you know that's difficult right there. But you know, as long as there's something going on in your own area to keep you busy, I mean, who's more of a national treasure in Edmonton? Is it Michael J. Fox, Katie Lang, or Mark Messier? Oh, probably Mark Messier. <laughs> I have to say, okay. <laughs> we have a Messier. Yeah, we have a Messier drive. <laughs> well, that answers that question. But you know, being that you, you know the band's been around five years now, so you're not you're not a new band to the scene. How do you find it like trying to get the name of the band out there? Because years ago, you'd have to you know do an interview in a magazine, take months to get out, circulate around. Today, you have you know between MySpace and Facebook and Bandcamp and all these other sites. Does, do you use those sites to your advantage to try to make yourself stand out? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, I think like all bands nowadays are doing that stuff. Like, it's just, I think like the internet's like a blessing and a curse at the same time. I mean, you can get so much more exposure just like instantly by putting your stuff online and just it getting shared. And then the other side of it is like, everyone will get it for free. But I mean, you, you always have to weigh which is more important, the exposure or the actual uh, cash flow and I mean we we all have full-time jobs and have never really been expecting to make a big career on music so the more people that can hear our stuff the better and like we we just want to be able to come and play live for everyone and stuff like that so sure. yeah I understand that yeah. a lot of bands feel the same way because they don't, you know, some bands, like, so they get they set against, like, with the downloading, you know, getting everything for nothing. And other bands, I remember seeing Saxon about a year ago, they, like, download the record for free. We don't care. We just want you to hear our music. So I guess it's kind of a catch-22 because you do want them to pay for it because you want to be able to get more money from the record label to keep going for it than doing more. But in the same sense, you put yeah. your heart and soul into it. You want people to hear it. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the amount of effort it takes just to put a, an entire album together yeah, I mean, you really, in the end, you just really want people to experience it, like listen to it and enjoy it, because that's why you're doing it. So. Yeah, that is the most important thing. And, and how is, like we were talking about before, you're saying going across Canada is like, you know, mind-boggling because of the size of it. I know you guys were over in Europe a couple of times. You just did recently, I think, in February or March again, you were out with Cauldron on a tour. Yeah. How do you see it over, I mean, I don't, I don't think you've been down to here yet, to America yet. You guys haven't played here, have you? No, we haven't yet because it's like a real bitch to do the paperwork. Oh, I can't yeah, figure. There's like you have to get like the work visa and stuff like that, and we just have. I well, I guess we've just been lazy enough that we we've just been like, well, we'll just go to Europe instead, I guess. But uh, <laughs> we we would love to come down into the states. I mean, we did we did record in Nashville there, so we we've been to the states a, a, for a while, but. Uh, yeah, and we never actually play. played any shows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't even want us working here in America. Never mind you guys. They don't even want us having jobs over here, so it's hard to get you here. But how do you see the difference in between Europe and, like, the places you've played in Canada? Because I hear, like, the so diehard and rabbit over there for metal. Like, they just live for it in certain countries, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, in Canada, we've we've played to, like, the bar staff. When we, yeah. we Last time we played in – we played in Windsor – to like the other band and then like the one bar staff that was there in some yeah. shitty basement and it was like oh this is awesome and then we went over to Spain 
and played uh, the uh, Pounding Metal Festival that they put on there in Madrid, and it was just packed. People were going crazy. It was, like, surreal. That's incredible. A lot of bands don't even want to, like, like go on tour in America anymore. At least down here. They'd rather just go over there and hit up the festivals over the summer. There's more and more of them now, so there's, like, you know, they can go for two weeks and hit a couple of festivals. They'd rather do that and play in front of one large audience than... Like I said, like here, like I, I'm we're in New York to show, uh, the clubs here they'll put on a metal show at eight o'clock at night and then usher everybody out at ten. They'll open up it as a disco for like you know eleven o'clock. So there's no like camaraderie where you go to hang out and hear a whole bunch of bands and get new music in. It's just turned into a strictly a business now where play, get off the stage, the next band play, get off the stage and go home. And you kind of miss that yeah. thing where you hang out, you know, with other metal heads and you know enjoy the music. Yeah, I find that they have a lot of that in uh, in a place like Spain and all over Europe, really. It's that there's a lot of, like, large groups of friends that are like-minded in the kind of music they want to go see, and they all go to the shows, and it's like this community. Like, there's the, uh, in Spain, the Pounding Metal Union is, like, a union-style thing where they all pay into it, and with the money they pool, they, they'll invite bands and they'll pay for their plane tickets to come in and play shows. Wow. Like, that's how intense they are about it. That's not a bad idea either. I mean, I'm surprised other people haven't thought about doing stuff like that in other parts of the country. Because, you know, it was great that metal, like, kind of found itself again a few years back. And a lot of younger kids were getting into the classic, you know, metal bands of the 80s. But it just seems like now they're not coming out to the shows anymore. I know you were just talking about that where you are. But do you see that in other places also? It seems to be getting harder and harder to get people to, to come out to a club. Oh, yeah. It, it's like that here, too. Like Especially when we first started. I mean, there's five of us, and we all have friends, and they would come to the show. But then anyone who like wasn't a direct friend of ours, like chances are there wasn't very many of them in the bar. So, yeah. A lot of the time, it's yeah. I don't know why people don't want to go out or if whatever, whatever. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, like I look at the price of like a CD today. It's cheaper than when they came out in the '80s. The price of a concert is cheaper to go to a club and see three or four local bands than it was 25 years ago. So I know you know money's tight right now with the economy and everything, but. It's a cheap night out. I mean, you can't even go to a bowl game here in New York for less than you know, $30, $40 for one person. You can go see four bands at a yeah. club and, and get a whole new, you know, discover a whole, whole new music. I think it's a shame that it's just not being promoted the way it should be anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like the like the McDonald's thing where people, they want to pay, like, they don't want to pay any money for their food or whatever, you know? You're like, well, I want a dollar cheeseburger. It's like, well, you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't be eating that. It's like, you should you should pay ten bucks to have a, a cheeseburger so that it's actually fucking good. Yeah. And then same kind of thing with like bands. I mean, why not go pay instead of paying five dollars to go see, you know, five bands? Like, why don't you pay fifteen bucks? I mean, big deal. What's fifteen bucks on a Friday night? Who cares? Exactly. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. So what is the big guy coming up? I mean, you know why is that on Napalm Records? On to the teeth. Uh, yeah, I know you said you recorded a little while back on your own. So uh, is this the latest of the stuff that you've been working on, or is any of the stuff maybe from, you know, a couple of years back? Uh, well, I think it's kind of a 
collection of stuff that we have been working on since we released Eyes in the Night because we kind of uh, never stop writing stuff. It's just an ongoing thing. So, and that was the songs we chose for the the latest album. But that was about was about a year and a half of time we spent actually writing new stuff for that next one. And it's kind of happening again that way because we finished the material that is on uh, uh, Arm to the Teeth. We finished that around this time last year. So we've had like a whole year and then we're going to have probably plus another six to nine months until we record again. So we got a lot of downtime to like write new material. And, you know, one thing I got to say, Dan, is that your voice, I mean, I love that you're, you know, you're a real singer who knows how to, how to sing is what I should say, because, you know, there's death metal that I can listen to because, you know, it comes from the heart, but I miss bands that have real singers that know how to use their voice. Uh, were you singing in anything before Strike or was Striker your first major band? Uh, yeah, Striker was the, was the first thing. Like we, we had a band before. Uh, called Vinyl Spine, and I think you can probably find it on MySpace somewhere. But uh, in that band, uh, me and Ian were playing guitar, and actually Dave, our bass player, was the singer for that band. Oh. And then we kind of, that, that band disbanded, and then we kind of formed a new band, which would end up being Striker eventually. Yeah, and, and is it hard to find other people that kind of have like the same musical direction as you and where you want to go, especially when they live close enough for you to get together and rehearse? You know, a lot of bands today have members all over the country, all over the world, and they just get together before a show, they rehearse, they play. But is it hard to find people that have the same vision as you and, you know, wanted to play the same type of music? Because you pretty much had a pretty, you have a pretty steady lineup since you guys started outside of your drummer uh, coming in about two years ago. The four of you have been together since the beginning. I, yeah, I guess like, like I think maybe it's because, well, first of all, we're all friends pretty much like since, since we started the band. I mean, we didn't know Chris, uh, until we were about 19, but I mean, we've all known each other since then for the last like five years. And then it's, I think with the band, it's been a pretty steady progression of positive things happening to us in the band that no one's been like disheartened or anything like that along the way so it's just it's it's just been like non-stop fun so everyone's just on board with it pretty much and that's a good thing so, you know you were saying before about putting 60,000 kilometers on in a van probably going crisscross of Canada who's the worst guy in the band to be in the van with when you're doing all those miles oh man well all of us probably <laughs> <laughs> we uh the we have one story that we usually tell people is um we were so bored in the van. Uh, Ian was in front, uh, and he was just reading a book or something like that. And uh, me and Dave, we decided to see who could clap louder Yeah. Like in the van. And it's like we're on this really shitty long drive. And then we just start clapping as loud as we can, trying to clap louder than each other. And Ian is in the front trying to read his book, and he's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> But so I mean, we and we we kind of rip on each other all the time anyway. So and we're pretty good friends. So I think that's so a bad. point. Yeah, that is a point that you're yeah. friends because you know 
times, you know, things can get tough, times can get rough, and, you know, you always have these up and downs on the road and in music, and it's good that you at least have each other to fall back on and enjoy this whole crazy ride that you're going through, you know, that's an important thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, well, Dan, listen, I'm not going to keep you, it's getting late over here, I want to wish you guys the best of luck with the new record, give me a song to play off the album. Uh, how about Wolfgang? Wolfgang, it sounds good to me. I was gonna get the keg that uh the keg that crushed New York but too, but I'll get both of them on. Ah, right on. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you taking the time out today to talk to me. Yeah, thanks, man. Have Anytime, thank you. Thank you.
That is kind of abruptly, huh? Yeah, that one, <laughs> it always did. Yeah. Always yeah. something was wrong. I know. You know <laughs> but a lot of MP3s, you know, the thing that sucks, like, you know, on vinyl, how songs, like, bleed into one another, they fade out and come in. Yeah. But the yeah. MP3s, they, they have to cut them off, and it sounds like shit. And I sometimes I forget certain songs that have that kind of uh, outro, I guess. Yeah. And if I remember, I try to put the two MP3s together into one, so it sounds right. But I can't remember what all of them, but... I know uh, I know the guy in Strike, I asked him what song he wanted me to play, but I did that a couple of days ago and I forgot, so whatever oh. he wanted me to play by his band, it kind of sounded like Except Princess of the Dawn. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I, I asked him, but I forgot, you know, it was a couple of days ago. That's why I hate doing yeah. pre-recorded interviews. We don't do too many, but I hate when you do them, because you forget what the hell you talk about, and you say shit, and then, you know, you hear it a couple of days later, and you forget. I forget well, what I did 10 minutes ago. Well, what ago. was the name of the tune that you played before? Uh, Let It Burn, which is like the single they're promoting right now. They have and a video the, out for it. Yeah. I think it's the one to hear Wolfgang, but I'll get that on next week. I think they're a good band. I think they got a real classic, you know, metal sound to them. Definitely. I hear a lot of Priest in there. I hear some Rainbow, like a Deep Purple mixed okay. in with a little yeah. guitar work. Yep. Yeah, I think they're a pretty good band. So hopefully, uh, you know, I know he was talking about being out in Edmonton and everything. You know, it's like out in the boondocks of Canada, I guess. You know, it's like right in the middle. Yeah. And way up north. But, hey, you know, look, you got the Edmonton Rollers over there. Yeah, I mean, and they said they got a messy street. That was funny. You said Katie Lang. She's from there, too, also? Yeah, yeah, Katie Lang is from there. Michael I J. Fox. Know. Yeah, a few other. There's actually quite a few people, like, you know, from uh, movies and music and uh, entertainment that come from that area. Well, they, they, do, they do film a lot up in Edmonton and Vancouver, those two cities. It's probably cheap, you know. It's the only reason yeah. they do it because it's cheap. And they got big, tall towers. You know, they got big, big buildings and everything, so. Yeah. Like, there's this cop show I watch in Channel seven called um, Rookie Blue. Yeah, I see and, that. Yeah, the first couple of seasons they never really said they were in Canada. Now they're starting to show the Canadian flag and stuff like that. I okay. think it's filmed in Toronto. Probably. Yeah. Wherever's cheap. Those Canadians undercut us and everything. Prescription drugs, sex, health care well, and our movies. Show, it just goes to show that you can go to a strip club, spend a hundred dollars, have a great time and, and they get know, free medical care for your AIDS and your... And your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and prescription drugs really don't cost as much as they cost in the United States. I mean, you it's know, they're not any, not any cheaper, the, the cheaper quality. It's the same quality. 
just goes exactly. to show you how much we it, it's um, um, mocked up. Oh yeah, I buy included. I buy my Viagra there for ten cents on the dollar compared to here. Yeah, well worth included. It. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in a stiff envelope. Uh, <laughs> see what we can do here. No, we got to do our demolition segment, get that out of the way because we forgot about it uh, before. So uh, tonight it's a band called Outlander. Don't really know much about them. They came from California. They put out this one demo in 1990s, and they were kind of late to the game. You know, everything was kind of like uh, on the way out by then. But uh, they were a pretty decent band, and the quality held up pretty well over the years, I would have to say, for something 20, almost 23 years old. So if you head over to the block spot, you can download yourself a copy of it right now. Uh, the song I had was like nine minutes long, so we're going to scratch that one off. It's way too long. Uh, here's a song called The Beckoning. I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't know how this one sounds, but uh, it's a lot shorter. <laughs> Here you go.
at Outlander in that first demo tape. You can head over to the blog spot and download yourself a copy of one of them right now. Kind of, I don't know, Tito. The vocals kind of remind me a little bit of Queens, right? Jeff Tate? Yeah, when you know he gets real high, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't heard that since I had gotten it back in God only knows when, 89, 90, around there. But uh, I saw that Queens, like... Uh, they're still going through the court battles right now. They just had another one because uh, they still can't gain access to their website or, like, you know, their social media pages. Because, yeah. uh, Jeff, they, they won the right to, to have them back. But, for some, you know, Jeff Tate's wife ain't giving up, I guess, the password. Mm-hmm. So uh, they went back to court for that. Now Jeff Tate is billing himself as the voice of Queensryche on his new projects. Oh, okay. That's it. Whatever It's going to be Jeff Tate, the voice of Queensryche. And, and I find that funny that the man was actually, to me, he was kind of ashamed of the band. Yeah. Uh, and the roots of where they came from, but yet now he wants to be so associated with it, yeah. which is beyond belief because he just didn't want to have anything to do with the legacy of Queensryche, which is you know being a metal band. Right, but he so, wants to uh, take advantage of the name, of the, name. Take, uh, c- uh, the, uh, the of course the name, the name of the band, the recognition, name, you know, whatever, the recognition. yeah, not starting over. Yeah, yeah, it's only to what benefits him, I guess, but. Uh, hopefully, uh, Queensryche, you know, the new Queensryche with Todd Latore will, uh, be able, be able to get on a tour with somebody or make their way around the country, because I would definitely go to see them. I would love to see, you know, hear those old songs again, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But anybody else I say, you know, I wouldn't even be interested, but Todd, Todd's a great singer. He's proven it in his other bands, and if you hear, I mean, you know, you see, like, the clips on YouTube, and it, that doesn't do any justice to, like, what you're hearing. You know that. You guys played your songs the other night, and you watched the video clips. You know it doesn't sound exactly the same. Right. You know, the, the quality, it doesn't come through on, you know, cassette or MP3 or like that. Right. But Todd is a great singer, and when you hear him live, you know, he'll nail those songs down to a T, and that's what people want to hear. Definitely agree with you there. All right, so we'll have to see. When they come around, we'll have to try to make our way to that show. And go and check them out. All right, let me see, man. We got ten minutes left in the show. I forgot how much time we got to fill up when we don't have like you know two guests, you know, consuming like an hour of the show, you know. Yeah, but it's still going kind of quick. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was a good. That kid Dan wasn't a bad kid, like I said. But I didn't know a lot about the group, so I didn't really have a lot to talk about. But uh, you know, you kind of get the gist of where the band's coming from, you know, what's happening with them. So definitely go pick up that record. It's well worth it. Let me see, what do I got? I'm trying to think what I got cooking this Thursday in the middle matinee. It's like. For the life of me, I can't think of what the hell I'm doing. What the hell do I got going on this week? Oh, casting a spell. I don't know. It must be about witchcraft and spells and shit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I couldn't even remember myself, you know? But that's this Thursday, 12 o'clock on the Metal Matinee. Don't forget to tune in. And uh, next Sunday, I don't know who we have on because I haven't got a confirmation yet. So maybe we should do like a pool. Whoever emails me, I'll tell you the three guests that are in contention for being on this Sunday. Uh, I'll hear, I'll know by Wednesday. Uh, I'll have the confirmations. But if you pick it out, I made you a whole bunch of shit from this grab bag box of crap I got here. That all the bands mail me out stuff. Uh, I'll mail you out whatever I can dig out of the box: shirts, CDs, DVDs. In contention, we have Michael Lando from Adrenaline Mob. We have Kurt Vanderhoof of Metal Church. And we have Mike Yusufa from Prime Evil. So you pick out who it is, email me, and if that is the guest that confirms first, I'll mail you out a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> Anybody who wants a CD of Death Mask, uh, also email me, because Steve Michaels is good enough to mail me out about 100 copies of the new CD uh, for our Saints' charity thing, which is over. We didn't really do it any justice this year, buddy. I think I'm going to just pack it in on that thing. Nobody was generous this year, but I got a whole bunch of CDs 
So just email me, and I will get a CD out to you in the mail. The very new Death Mask album. You'll love it. Some great thrash metal from New York. And actually, like it says, now it's from New Jersey, Florida, and a few other places. Because nobody's originally, nobody's from where they're originally from anymore, you know? Yeah. But I can say one thing. When you come from Brooklyn, I don't care where you move or live, you're always from Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, something, that's something that you never... Yeah, I was born in Jersey, but I lived in California for 30 years. People don't even think of you as being from New Jersey. When you come from Brooklyn, you come from Brooklyn. That's it. It's All right. Well, let me see what we can do here. How about we do some Dublin Death Patrol? This is going to be a busy month for uh, Chuck Billy. Brand New Testament, Dark Roots of Dirt is coming out uh, in a couple of days. I believe it's Tuesday or Wednesday at uh, the end of the month. Uh, record sounds amazing, man. They just cranked it up another notch from the last album. And his other band, Dublin Death Patrol, which he does with Steve uh, Zusa from Exodus, and he's got hatred going on right now. They're finally getting ready to release a new record. It's been about five years since they put one out. It's called Death Sentence. Uh, I didn't get it yet. I should have it this week. Uh, it comes out August 20th, but we'll play something maybe off the first record. Uh, here's Pigs in the Hollow.
going to be the new theme song for the remake of Deliverance when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> They're a good band over there, man. I'm looking forward to hearing the new record. I should get it this week. And I just want to remind everybody, because we only got a few minutes left in the show, you know, you can tune into all the reruns and all the repeats right here on Block Talk Radio or go to the HeavyMetalMayhemRadioShow.com website or the Blogspot website. I think I even have a MySpace page out there soon. I haven't been on it in a long, long time. But wow. I'm sure there's one floating around out there still for the show. But starting tomorrow, the show is joining the Maximum Threshold family. Go to Maximum Threshold Radio, and uh, you can hear the replay, I think, of last week's show. Or maybe they're going to put this one on start tomorrow. 7.30 is on Maximum Threshold Radio. We're not being syndicated, buddy. So, uh, Yeah, so for all the listeners of Maximum Threshold that go back and forth between here, there, and all these other stations... You can hear probably today's show tomorrow at 7.30 p.m., but don't forget to tune in. It'll be our first appearance on there, so hopefully enough people listen there to keep it going on there, you know? Yeah, that'll be Because cool. we're everywhere, man. You can hear today's show here. You can hear it on Block Talk Radio in five minutes. The repeats will be on forever. Yeah. It's on Talk Show. It's on iTunes. So it's just another outlet for people that don't like to bounce around from site to site. So wanna, so whatever, we're happy to be on Maximum Threshold. Whatever's convenient. And maybe we'll pick up a few more extra listeners. Exactly. Whatever works out. So, and I apologize for the sound quality because here on Bachwick Radio, we're like analog. So, we'll just have to tolerate until they pick up uh, and modernize it. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's the only radio show where cassette demos actually sound better than. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's why we're on here. <laughs> That's why we're on here. It actually enhances the demos. Yeah, it enhances the demo quality. It makes analog sound perfect. Yeah. All right, well, we're all out of time, buddy. I'll close things out with Possessed, some death metal, and I will see you next week at this time, Brajo. All right, my friend. (laughs) Thank you very much, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. Good night, everyone. See you Thursday at 12 o'clock. Take care.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.